60 games. That is what we had this season, ladies and gentlemen. If you would have asked me back in January, how much would you want to bet that we would have a 60-game season, I would have told you you're fucking crazy. Back when they were negotiating in April, I thought it was insane, but this is what we got. We got 60 games this season. The postseason is finally here. Today was the last day of the regular season, and as promised, the Town Tailgate is bringing you a special bonus podcast episode. Now, what is more improbable? The fact that if you would have told you back in January that it was going to be a 60-game season. Okay. The fact that in April and May, when we went through all the hardships of this negotiation, that the fact that there was even going to be a season. Okay. Or the fact that the Miami Marlins are in the playoffs. <laughs> I what would you, if we told him, like, ah. Uh, do I have to pick one? Or can I just, no, like, can if I just tell said you that begin- all of them are extremely improbable? 2020 in a nutshell. Right there. Welcome to the bonus episode. Like we promised you. Julio and Chris, we're back together again. Sunday night. Um, We got a lot of series to get through. The most playoff games we've ever seen in one round. Um, After day of football, we just got to really like put our mind where our chickens are. Money, whatever. Baseball, we're, we're... Number one to baseball. You really should have gotten that analogy together before you uh, before you decided to well, uh, throw it out there. We're gonna have a pretty crazy week on top of the NBA, MLB playoffs. NBA finals are gonna be starting on Wednesday. Just found out tonight. Heat mm-hmm. and Lakers on top of Thursday night football on top of Sunday and college football. It sounds like it's pretty much in full swing. So yeah, we're on sports Stanley overload. Stanley Cup is going on. So which is pretty cool though. Um, so the playoffs start. This Tuesday, September 29th, that will be Game 1 of the American League Wild Card Series. And then on Wednesday, the National League kicks it off with Game 1 of the National League Wild Card Series, as well as Game 2 of the American League Wild Card Series. And then Thursday will be Game 3, if any, um, of the American League Wild Card Series and Game 2 of the National League Wild Card Series. And then Friday... They ended off with, if any, of course, again, uh, final game, game three of the National League Wildcard Series. So, um, should we just jump into the series, Julio? Let's do it, man. I'm excited. So, in the National League, the number one seed is the Los Angeles Dodgers, like we've been kind of talking about all year. They were the best team from day one. They ended, they never lost the first place seed in the National League, and um, here they are again. They dominated the regular season. Um, they are the one seed taking on a very rare appearance that I didn't think was going to happen. Um, the Milwaukee Brewers snuck in at the eighth seed. Um, they will be playing they those games. Been the Giants, man. I know, dude. The Giants. So if the Giants would have won on Friday, it would have been them. The the game that they uh, against the Padres that they just let slip away. Had they won that game, yeah. they they're sitting there at that in that series, but they just couldn't just couldn't hold together. So this is where we're at. Um. That game, that series will be played in Dodger Stadium. So, what should we? What's the main thing we got to look forward to on that one, Julio? Uh, well, the again, the Brewers kind of snuck in. This is if you haven't been paying too much attention to them. Uh, Kristen Yelich has been okay this year. It kind of he was horrible the first month, but he's kind of started clicking in. Uh, Corbin Burns, he's one of the starters out there with the Brewers. He's probably going to finish. Uh, top three, top five Cy Young finalists out of the National League. He was great this and year. Of course, yeah, he was excellent. 
Josh Hader, of course, you know what he's going to be doing, closing out games. All that being said, they're they're not going to win a game. It's the Dodgers. The only way I would think the Dodgers, if the Brewers have a chance, is because if Kershaw, we know what he's going to do. He's going to, he's been pitching so dominant this year. There's no way he's not going to do it. Uh, Walker Bueller pitched his first game back from his blister. So he is back, and he will be pitching. He will be pitching. I haven't. We haven't seen the full what the day by day is going to look like, but the assumption is it's probably going to be game two. Yeah. And if he is not ready, ready after his first start against the A's, then Dustin or the May, A's last Thursday, then no. Well, that could be the chance for not saying start as in like physically ready, but if like conditioning wise, and when he's out on the mound. That could be a ch- that could be the one chance the Brewers could have to win is if they have to really more or less rely that like he's not all the way there yet and take yeah. advantage of it. That's yeah. the only way I think they can win. And if you get to Game Three, of course you're going to get one of the May Goslin, Urias, who I've all been pretty solid throughout this whole year. They're still young. They're still unproven, especially in a playoff spot, with exception of Julio Urias, who had some playoff. Uh, pitching a couple years ago but uh, i don't think there's gonna be a real talk here what about you chris i I mean if i'm being completely 100 percent honest and i know that i promised listeners that we would put together this podcast and you would think that i would be prepared but i i thought it was gonna be the giants in this game so i was more prepared for the giants to be um to be i bet you dodger fans are happy Oh yeah, one hundred percent. How well the Giants have been playing though? They they got lucked out. Well, I mean, uh, what's his face even said it on our podcast? Uh, um, Ronnie. Ronnie. Ron. No, what that guy? I'm, well, I'm sorry. He's your friend. I met him one time. I'm sorry, I no, forgot his yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. Gosh. Um, He's a guest. Right. All right. Besides, point. Keep going. Sorry, okay. Cool. Thank you for wasting our time. Um. Yeah, I mean, like, okay, so Corbin Burns, I know because he was on my fantasy team for a little bit this season. Um, but anybody else, I mean, who who would there? I dropped him. And then, but who, anybody else on on this pitching staff? I mean, Brett Anderson, does he pitch game two? Josh Lindblom, maybe. Um, oh, Brandon Woodruff, probably actually. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Brett, Brett Anderson has has a worse ERA, but he's got he's got more wins and he's pitched more games. So I mean, like. I, or more innings, not more games. Oh no, actually Woodruff has pitched more innings. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't know where you go. For, I don't. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be a blowout. I think they win. I think they win. I think the Dodgers win by like five runs both games, and then it's over. It's going to be the most boring game to a uh, boring series to watch. Be- and and the shittiest thing about it is it's the prime time spot for us on the West Coast. So this is going to be the only game that we can watch on Wednesday and th- and Thursday. Like we're going to have to deal with this bullshit and see will be the only game on. Like I I just I it there's not much to talk about here. Mookie's going to whoop their ass. Uh Max Muncy's going to whoop their ass. I mean Bellinger's been struggling a little bit lately, but like I Kershaw's having like the year of his career and then we get, you get Walker Bueller back. Like come on, man. This is this, this is yeah, cake. I think and I don't have the advanced stats in front of me or haven't I didn't look up look it up, but who knows the Brewers rotation might be a better outside of Miller Park team just because Miller Park is very hitter oriented. But uh, when you're going against a Dodgers team that just everybody's can hit bombs off of you as we yeah. saw last week. Yeah, there's that chance. So uh, conclusion for the series. Yeah, I think the Dodgers are going to win both games in advance. Chris. 
let me just let me give you. I mean, yeah, I agree. But let me give you the stats of the of the the Brewers starting pitchers this year, other than Corbin Burns, because he's he has a two point two ERA, so he's probably going to be the starter game one. He's four and one. He's pitched fifty nine innings. Um, Brett Anderson, four wins, four losses, four point two one ERA, ten games started. He's pitched forty seven innings. Is he healthy? I believe so. Um, thirty two strikeouts. 1.28 whip, uh, but he's given up six home runs. Okay, that's option one. And I want you to pick one. You have to pick one of these options, Julio. So I'm going to give you okay. the options, and you have to pick one. I should have told me that before. I would have paid more attention. I thought I thought about doing that um, midway through me saying that. <laughs> okay, so do you want me to say Brett Anderson's stats again? Uh, go for the yeah, sure. Why okay, not? four and four, four point two one ERA, ten starts, twenty. 32 strikeouts, 22 earned runs, 47 innings pitched, and a 1.28 whip. Okay. Brandon Woodruff, 13 starts, 3 and 5, 3.05 ERA, 73 innings pitched, pretty good. He has 91 strikeouts. He only gave up 25 runs, .99 whip. It's not bad. Joshua Lindblom, 12 starts, 2-4, and four, 5.16 ERA, 52 strikeouts, gave up 26 runs, 6 homers, 1.28 whip. Option A, option B, or option C. And I forgot to say, for option B, Brandon Woodruff. Gave up nine home runs this season. It's not bad. Yeah, but that's the most of all the starters. Oh. That's not good. No. Option A, Brett Anderson. Option B, Brandon Woodruff. Option C, Josh Lindblom. There's other options, but they're really not worth saying. Well, shout out to Josh Lindblom, uh, KBO legend. Learned a lot about KBO at the beginning sure. of this quarantine. Yes, yes. Uh, but I think you would have to go Woodruff game two, especially if you're – It's that's going to be the tricky thing where I wouldn't be shocked if we see managers skipping guys where it's like if – let's say if somehow the, the Brewers win game one with Corbin Burns on the mound. And then it's like, all right, we got to crush them while we're here. Let's bring in Woodruff. He can close out game two. Because we know record based like pitching records like win loss records are stupid. There's not much valid like arguments around it. Um, but that being said, like it's going to be interesting. I I would probably go Woodruff game two just because if you need the win there, you got to take it. But yeah, I mean I'm looking at their bullpen guys. They're not great either. Um, there there's. I mean, there's some that are really good. I mean, like, obviously Josh Hader, his ERA is not great this season. But um, Yardley's good, 1.54 ERA. Um, Devin Williams, 0.33 ERA. Um, well, he had 22 Devin, appearances. Yeah, that's going to be – so that's kind of another, like, X factor, I guess, is, like, if mm-hmm. if somebody shits the bed in the first three, four innings as a starter – you can pretty much rely on Devin Williams, who's 
probably been like the best mid reliever in baseball. Him and, you know, our guy, Jake Diekman. Okay, so if they push it to game three, who starts game three? Option A or option C? Ugh. Probably option I A. I would say Anderson yeah. is Mr. Mr. Uh, consistent, at least. At least you know what you get with him. Yeah, I guess, but it's not going to get to that. <laughs> We're no. both going. Are we both going Dodgers two games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a blowout both games, too. Okay, let's move on to um, the next series, which is the Padres at the four seed taking on the St. Lu- the San Diego Padres taking on the St. Louis Cardinals at the five seed. So at first glance with this matchup, it's kind of interesting because with the seeding, you would think that they'd be a lot closer of a matchup, but I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm underestimating the a- the NL Central a little bit, but I feel like the Padres are just a better – which is a better baseball team all around. Although they do, they don't have Mike Clevenger to start off their series, which is going to be tough. But they're playing in Padres ballpark, which is a pitcher's ballpark. Um, even though I remember Hula, you said something about they moved in the fences. I think this past off season. Yeah, they tr- at least they try to. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know when this last time that happened. But like, or when it actually happened. Yeah, I mean, I the Cardinals are always good, but I just feel like they're always just kind of there. You know, they they don't. There's nothing really special about them. Like they got smoked by the nationals last year in the alcs i don't know i mean and also maybe the padres are just a media hype because they were the fun team to watch this year what do you think yeah you're not wrong i mean the cardinals definitely have the playoff if this if it matters at least right now in this weird like 2020 bubble season is they have the playoff pedigree they were in the nlcs last year um a lot Guys like Gaddy Molina and Adam Wainwright have been to the World Series multiple times now. They kind of hold the upper hand in that, but when it comes to talent, I think the Padres kind of blow them out. But you bring up the point without Clevenger, it's going to be tricky. Um, the bullpen for the Padres has actually been pretty stout now with getting Trevor Rosenthal yeah. to kind of figure out what they're yeah, doing with like him and like Drew Pomeranz. And I'm not sure if Angel Pagan's back yet. I remember he was hurt. Uh, this is going to be pretty Emilio fun. Emilio Pagan? I think it's gonna be... You said Angel Pagan. <laughs> Former giant. Great. That's right. Yeah, Emilio <laughs> Pagan. Sorry. Uh, this is probably going to be... Uh, this is this is like a toss-up to be like the most competitive series in the National League. This is something that... I th- it's definitely going to go three games, though. I mean, the Cardinals barely went over 500. You know? Like... I, I, but again, maybe the Central is just a lot more competitive. Well, I think it also kind of benefits. We'll, we're going to see it with the AL too. Now that I see like I see this all in riding, is like you got three AL teams from the Central, and then you have four NL teams from the Central. It just shows you they just took advantage of kicking the crap out of the Royals, the Tigers, and the Pirates that they just were beating them down to take advantage to get them where they were at. Um, but it's You have to remember too, for the pot, for the Cardinals, at least they had the COVID test that, or that's when they kind of had that mini outbreak more or yeah. less. And they yeah. lost like 10 days out of the season. So the fact that they still made it into the playoffs, despite all that, it kind of shows you like, what could a, what could this team have been in a full 
60 game season if they didn't have any positive tests and they were able to keep guys like Jack Flaherty pitching consistently where we could have seen what he could have been this season. And I think an an important thing um, about the Cardinals team is like they had bounce back years from guys who really needed to have bounce back years. Like Paul Goldschmidt did not have a good first year in St. Louis last year. He did great this year. 304, six home runs, like 21 RBIs, like a lot better. Um, Colton Wong was iffy, but he also had injuries. Same with Paul DeYoung. Yadier Molina played a lot better this year. Um, their DH, Brad Miller, had a huge fucking year. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I, re- I just remember last year, like, Goldschmidt and Marcelo Zuna, who's not in this team anymore. He's on the Braves. But basically their two best players went cold right when the playoffs started. And, like, you can't have that. You have to have your three and four hitter, like, be on top of their shit in the playoffs. Like they need to, when there's runners on base, you got to bring those guys home. Something that I was kind of talking about in our group chat earlier today about the A's Um, sneak preview for later on this podcast. (laughs) So if they're going to play well, then they definitely can be successful, but there's just so many sluggers. There's just so many big bats in the Padres. It's just, yeah. And that's, I think, I think it could go to three games. I definitely think it could. I don't think this is going to be a blowout. I think this is going to go to three. Um, and yeah, it'll be tighter. I don't think there's going to be any blowouts. Uh, I think this will go three games. The Padres will still win it. I just think like, yeah, not having Clevenger this opening round, but like Dennis Lament has been, we talked about him last week. That guy's been one of the best pitchers in the National League by far. Zach Davies had a great bounce back. Um, and just the bullpen's going to hold him yeah. up. And plus when you have in my opinion, the best current player on the planet right now, Tatis. Mm-hmm. And then Manny Machado is putting up MVP numbers. Will Myers. There's so much to get through with this lineup that it's it'll just drain out the Cardinals. Yeah. So and and, you, it, I'm gonna and go. I just want to touch on your point earlier you made because I forgot to touch on it earlier. The pitching. You're right. The Cardinals pitching has been really – starting pitching has been really good this year. And you're going to go against Fla- Flaherty and Wainwright. One, two. Like, they're having – Flaherty's had a little bit more of a down year, but he's still he's still Jack Flaherty, and Wainwright's having yeah. a huge bounce back year. So, dude, shout out to Adam Wainwright. The guy is like, like fifty years old. He's still pitching and he's still killing it. It's ins- and he's still on the Cardinals, which is the coolest part about it. You don't see that much with pitchers. No, no, really. Um, he has a career a lot like his his protege Chris Carpenter, dude. Just like one team and mm-hmm. always just consistently an above average pitcher. I was gonna know Chris Carpenter was with the Blue Jays. That's who he started off. Oh, with. Did, and then he got traded to the Cardinals. Yeah. Oh, it felt like he. Oh, damn, he was on that team. It must have been yeah, early been in his career though, because he was there for like twenty years. I was a sophomore in high school when Adam Wainwright started pitching for the Cardinals. Jesus. Um. All right. Yeah. Should we move on to the next one? Uh, what's your prediction though? Oh, so I said Padres in three. I think I think I want to go against you just to kind of see. Uh, where we land at the end of it. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Cardinals in three. Um, and after you, after you, you brought up the pitching, it kind of made me think a little bit. And then I pulled up the the stats of the starting pitchers, and I was like, oh shit! Like Julio's got a good point. Um, I'm gonna write these down too. Yeah. So, yeah. You know. Um. Okay. Cool. So, 
Um, I definitely think three games, but if it goes to two, if someone if someone just pulls out two close wins, I wouldn't be surprised either. But I think they'll be close games. Um, all right, next series is uh, the Chicago Cubs as a three seed going against the Miami Marlins as a six seed. Cubs had an amazing season. Um, uh, hats off to them. Um, and great hire um, in getting, uh, what's his face, uh, David Ross in to uh, manage his team. I, it, yeah, I mean, I, impressive. In, uh, Ian Happ has had an amazing year this year. Who would have thought? Um, Miami, you know, I, I don't really know too much about him, Julio. I really, I don't, I don't, I, maybe you can enlighten you me. You would think, yeah, you would think that us listening to the Levitard show, yeah. we, we would be a little more versed, but, they um. They don't get into detail. They're, they don't really get into detail. I mean, it's weird. Yeah. A couple things the Padre, or the, the Marlins do really well. They're fast. They're a super fast team. I, they're, I, I'd have to look it up, but. I believe they were like top five or three when it comes to steals. So that's going to show you how they're going to play, especially when you don't have a huge boppers. Um, but if you're going to look out for the boppers, of course, look out for Starling Marte. They made the trade with the Marlins or with the Diamondbacks a few uh, months ago at the trade deadline. Um, and the other guys, uh, it's, I'm trying to think who's their third baseman. I'm pulling up their roster um, right now. Yeah, thank you. But while you're doing that, I'm going to talk about Anderson. their pitching. Brian Anderson, thank you. Brian Anderson's actually been a pretty decent offensive player. But if there's going to be some guys that you should really pay attention to, not for what they're going to do right now, but like a career trajectory, Sixto San- Sanchez is going to be the next great like Marlins pitcher. Um, and if they're going to have a chance of winning the series – He's got a ball out. He's been excellent this year in his rookie campaign. He's he's got his. If you want to describe his stuff, he throws huge heat. One of his uh, idols is Pedro, and a lot of he actually wanted to wear forty five, and he didn't because when they didn't when he got called up to the majors, they just gave him this number and he just kind of stuck to it. But I think in the next season he's going to transition to the forty five. Uh, but he's going to be pretty excellent. The bullpen's okay. Brian Kinsler is out there going closing out games. He's kind of like an underrated closer. It got him from the Cubs. But the Cubs are – this is probably the uh, – for the lack of like the other team, this is probably like the biggest bounce-back team. When you look at how they finished last season, they missed yeah. the playoffs. Joel uh, Joe Madden left to come down here to get some California sun. Chris Bryant. Did, did you not almost have say Joel Madden, as in all? like, as in like the singer Joel, of of a, Good Charlotte? Of a Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Let, shout out to Lifetimes and Richard Famous. Um, but like, Chris Bryant didn't have a good season. Yeah. Uh, Javi did not have a much of a great season either. But their rotation is really what saved mm-hmm. them throughout this. Dude, year. yeah, uh, you Darvish, uh, big bounce back here. Big bounce back here, and he needed it. He needed it bad, um, especially after you know he was one of the guys who came out. He's the ace. Yeah, and he was the, he was remember he was the guy who came out and said that he was really affected by the World Series, and then to find out that they were cheating, like it, he like he, he kind of got he didn't he didn't he didn't admit to getting the yips, but he kind of admitted to getting the yips from from that that game seven start, um, and then he found out they were cheating, and it just kind of like 
he it, mixed feelings, I guess. He said he was, he was a little bit. He got in a little bit of depression. But so I'm really happy to see that that he that he bounced back this year. Um, yeah, I mean Jason Hayward played really good this year too. Um, Wilson Contreras, Jason I'm a little Hayward's upset with. He had a pretty pretty bad year, but as a catcher, it's tough. Um, same, Rizzo, yeah, Rizzo was, was performed like he usually does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you Darvish is probably it's the Cy Young race is between him and Trevor Bauer yeah. in the National League, and I personally think he should win. Not because I put money on him back in August to win Cy Young, uh, but just to see like. <laughs> How far he's bounced back yeah. from kind of uh, washed a couple seasons. But it's not just him. Kyle Hendricks is a pretty consistent oh, yeah. starter. Um, John Lester I think has he's showed... just, I think his age is, is showing, man. I think his age is showing. Yeah, but but he's had he his first like five starts, he looked really solid and then who knows. But of course when you're going against the rest of the central divisions with lineups like the Indians and the Ast- and the White Sox Cardinals, Brewers, like Reds. If you can perform in that against those teams with those lineups, you're pretty solid. Yeah. Um, but like, if what what do you really think could help the Marlins win, if anything? Because like this Cubs team is pretty well rounded. I don't think there's going to be much of a chance for them. Nothing. I don't think there's anything they could do. I mean, it, it, at at the end of the day, yes. Look. Anthony Rizzo hit 222. Um, let's see. Kyle Schwarber hit 190, 188. Chris Bryant hit Overrated, 206. Yeah. Javier Baez hit 203. Sure, they had bad years, but at the end of the day, when you look up, when you look at a lineup card, and it starts off with, uh, with uh, Jason Hayward leading off, Ian Happ hitting second, uh, Javier Baez hitting third. Anthony Rizzo hitting fourth and Chris Bryant hitting fifth. You're like, where's the break there? Because at the end of the day, they are that is a talented one through five, a very talented one through five. And as an opposing pitcher, Big you time. don't know who you're gonna pitch around. So, I no, I don't think this is close. I think that the Marlins are a modest six seed because the NL or NLs, uh, what is that? East, East, yeah, NL East just wasn't as good as we thought it was going to be this year, which is how the Marlins snuck in there over the Phillies and the uh, and the and the Mets. Um, yeah, I, uh, I mean, the Cubs were a two seed up until today. Uh, you know, like no, 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 no. I think this is two games and it's over. Also, going against dude, you Darvish and Kyle Hendricks, like that's 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 tough. That's a tough one. Now, are you, so you're going against the Marlins being two for two in their playoffs appearances, where both times have been the playoffs they've won the World Series. Yeah, because uh, this playoff format never existed, and you wouldn't if you were a six seed in the past, you wouldn't even be in the playoffs. So it's a li- I, no, yeah. Sorry, Levitard and friends. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I'm assuming we're both on the same boat. Cubs, both games. Yeah. Oh, you are oh, you taking them two games and none too. Yeah, okay. I, I, uh, even though I was, <laughs> even though I was kind of hyping up six, though, uh, yeah. he's, he's still been pretty inconsistent. That's, that's why and I'm a little, I'm a little shocked is, with your with your result on that one. You're just like, yeah, no, yeah, no, like, well, this isn't the team you'd be inconsistent with. Was a team where its core was a former World Series champion, and these are guys who are veterans who are going to be able to 
know how to wait Dude, on this. Dude, and I so. mean, like, 2.01 ERA for Darvish, 2.88 for Kyle Hendricks. Like, what are we talking about here? This is probably, I don't know, in the in the National League, this is probably the best one, two, uh, actually, no, maybe Kershaw and Bueller. But Bueller, we don't have a sample size from this season. In or, terms of sample size from this season, this is the best one-two punch starting pitching that we're seeing in the in the National League. That's a great transition, Chris, because I'm going to tell you the actual best one-two okay. punch in the National League. We got Braves versus the Reds with Trevor Bauer and Sonny Gray. Boom. Don't nope nope come on. I I would okay so. If we're going one one versus one, Bowers I would say is a little bit more threatening than Darvish. But two, yeah, yeah maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, All right, so here we are. Braves Reds. Uh, Braves will the games will be taking place in Atlanta with the Reds as the road team. Who the Reds also uh, it was a kind of a long shot to make it in, and a lot of stuff had to go down over the last. 10, 14 days where they finally snuck their way in and they are the uh, seventh seed, correct? Mm-hmm. All right. So, Chris, uh, what's your first thoughts when you look at this series? Uh, I don't know if the offense, the powerhouse offense of the Braves can get past the starting pitching of the Reds, and uh, which is the way, how you change my mind so quick because now that I think about it, to have to go up against that, Game one and two is tough. Um, and I'll give the Reds, you know, I mean, their offense hasn't been great, but they have some star-studded power. They have they have some star-studded people in that lineup that can get the job done. But fuck, dude. To go up against Bauer and Gray, oh, man. I love Fre- – Freddie Freeman's so good, but, I mean, I don't know how well he does in, in those two first games. Yeah. Straight up, um, I I if you remember way back when, what felt like six years ago when we did our baseball opening season pod, I don't remember if it was for this show or for the Magic Hour, just some seasons. I was high on the Braves from the beginning of the se- or the Reds from the beginning of the season, and they kind of stumbled out the gate. And now that you kind of look in retrospective, when you're going against these two divisions, when you have teams that hit bombs like the White Sox, Twins, Indians, and you're going against pitching like the Cubs and the Card or the Cardinals, uh, yeah, there's going to be some bumps in the road. But to me, I think this is probably – it might be going a little hot take. I think this is probably the best team to make a run for their money, for the Dodgers' money right now. For the sake of you are more or less – I wouldn't say guaranteed, but you have a significant chance of winning when it's going to be Bauer and Gray. And then game three is going to be Luis Castillo, who's, yes, rough start. He's been pitching great. I was just about to comment on that. And then you got you got Tyler. You got a uh, – um, how do you pronounce his last name? Tyler uh... – Stevenson? The catcher? No, 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 no. No, the number four pitcher. Um Anyway, they, I mean, they have abundance okay. of them. There's also Wade Miley. I mean, like. So, and, and it's the Braves. Look, the Braves have been outstanding offensively. Acuna has been 
doing Acuna things again. Marcelo Zuna, dude, I picked him like a late pick in our fantasy draft for baseball. Guy became one of the best hitters in baseball. I did not expect that to happen. Freddie Freeman's probably going to be, if he, I think he should be the MVP in the National League, um, at least a top three candidate. But man, once you get past Max Freed, uh, with that rotation, it's a little bumpy for the Braves. It's a. It'd be a different. It'd be a different story if um, everybody was healthy from the get-go with like Cole Hamels, even though we don't know what he could really provide at this point at his age. And um, who's I'm um, space now? Who's the guy that tore his Achilles way back when? The Brave starter. Uh, I'm hold on. I'm looking it up right now. Sorry. But if like if they were around, I'm just looking up. They would have a chance, but. This is my, um, this is the Julio stamp of upset right here. I think the the Reds are gonna take this series. Uh, I, I you just you can't stack up against that one two three. Um, it's really that like that simple. Like that's oh of, of the Reds. Like that's I mean I'm looking at their stats and it's like all three of them are like three point five ERA and under. Like they've really been that dominant this year. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're Atlanta, obviously you have Max Freed, which is good. Like, that's a really good matchup to go against Bauer in, in, in game one. But yeah, after that, your options are pretty limited. Um, I don't know. What, what would, would you go Tommy Malone? No. Yeah. I mean, Tommy Malone's been lit up as I love the guy, former Oakland gate, but he's, he's uh, not been Mike Soraka was the guy who got hurt earlier, by the way. Thank yeah. you. Mike Soraka. Um, it sucks because he has been pitching great up until oh, that point. I mean, but. oh, Ian Anderson, one point nine five. Yeah, yeah. Actually, no, that's a really good yeah. option. But it's it's hard to. And kind then of... maybe Kyle Wright. I don't know. I mean, there. I mean, I'm looking at their starters, and it's like their ERA. Like Robbie Erlin, eight point four nine. Josh Tomlin, four point seven six. Josh Tomlin's still pitching. Yeah, he is. He only had five starts. He came out of the bullpen mostly, but still. Um. Yeah, man, it's uh, Mike Tommy Malone, fourteen point nine. The, I mean, but then you honestly, but then you look at the Reds hitters, and like no one is hitting over two fifty. Like even Nick Castellanos is two forty five. I think I don't know if this is uh. A, a, a because of us I think the one thing because of how weird the seasons has been and I've, I've kind of learned to like accept this is for a 60 game schedule I feel like batting average is overrated <laughs> okay all right I uh, like that that's just it because it's such such small of a sample size and I try not to dwell too much on it um more so like if oh if they have a really because look if you look at the A's for example, if you look at their team batting average, it's crap. But if you look at their team on base percentage, it's still pretty up, like high up there because they walk a ton and they get hit like every other at bat. Um, One thing the Reds do do very well is they smack the shit out of the ball. Mm-hmm. Nick Castellano, 14 home runs. Um, Eugenio Suarez, 15 home runs. Joey Votto, 11 home runs. Jesse Winkler, 12 home runs. Mike Moustakis, eight home runs. Like, they are fucking bombing it. So, 
Yeah, I mean, if they can get guys on base, which they they aren't good at that doing that. Like, the best yeah. average on the team is Akayama, two forty five. No, oh, no, yeah. Jesse Winkler, two fifty five. Um, I get excited. Akayama's tight. So South that's the, but that's the problem. You can hit as many home runs as you can, but if you're only knocking in one run at a time, then it's you're it you're playing. You know, it's it's a it's a it's a long ladder you got to go up. It's like you're taking very small steps. You got to get multiple runners home. But when you have Trevor Bauer and Sonny Gray as the guys pitching, you know they're not they're not gonna give up. Yeah. And if you're if you're pitching, uh, we can go if you're on pitching and on. It's Kyle Wright, and Ian Anderson. You know, maybe it is possible. Maybe you could do. Maybe you could make it happen. And, and also the fact that they, the rotation is able to do what they've done, in Great American Ballpark, very hitter friendly, yeah. still pretty. Yeah. So what's uh what's your final prediction? I had Braves in three. Braves. I can't in three. go against the Braves, right. even though you, you know, I I hear what you're saying, but Freddie Freeman and fucking Dansby Swanson, Ronald Acuna, and fucking even Marcelo Zuna even though those guys aren't playing so well they're still good man they're still fucking that's still a good talent talented team and I can't just like I can't just throw them by the wayside um I my expectations for the Reds were pretty solid to start the season um and I I they started sluggish and I look at the rest what they've had to play and it makes sense I'm still sticking with my guns I'm going Reds in three I mean, dude, I'm looking. I'm looking at the offensive stats for the Braves, and it's. I don't know if you necessarily want to st- stick with that. Like of their stars, no, like, I, no I'm. One, no one is hitting like no one is hitting below 250. Cool. Well, when you're playing, when you okay, let's okay. Marcelo Zuna, 18 to home runs. Far. Freddie Freeman, 13. Ronald Acuna, 14. Adam Duvall, 16. Dansby Swanson, 10. Ozzy Albies, six. I mean, they can bomb it too, dude. They can bomb it too. I know, but what my point? Well, like, well, when you have the benefit where we go and get some Mets team, is once you get once you get past Degrom and the part of the rotation, light them up. You're going against Baltimore, light them up. Nationals, when it's not Scherzer, light them up. Uh, like you, I think the East divisions have been so bad that there's been a good team to take advantage of that where they hit the shit out of the ball when you're playing against the bat because that's what you do when you're a good team is you you don't play down to the level team you're playing you play up and you take advantage of it so, so. you just think the teams at the top are just they're just dominating against the really it's shitty pretty, teams in, in those in the east divisions i think so I, it's well when you play the nationals the the orioles the mets um <laughs> Philly is kind of a wish you Philly's a whole thing. I mean they, they're under they're under five hundred, but yeah, yeah, yeah. They have some talent. That's but yeah. Yeah. But uh so a quick rundown before we jump into the American League of our picks. Uh for the Dodgers Brewers series, we both picked the Dodgers in two. For the Padres Cardinals series, uh I picked the Padres in three, Chris picked the Cardinals or I picked the Padres in three, Chris 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 picked the Cardinals. Three, Did you almost call me Chris Christie? Fast. I would have slapped you in the face. Well, when you have Chris, Chris picked the cards. I'm just kidding. Chris just picked the kidding. cards. Chris picked the cards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, I picked pause in three. He picked cards in three. Um, 
Braves, Reds. I picked the Reds in three. He picked the Braves in three. And then we're both in unison for the Cubs in two. Now let's jump over to our home, our safe space of a league. The American American League, League. baby. Chris, where do you want to start off? We're going to start from the top. Yeah, yeah. So we'll. The two teams that rhyme. Yeah, yeah. Um, The Toronto Blue Jays, as the eight seed, take on the one seed, the Tampa Bay Rays. Um,. I mean, we said at the beginning of the year, the preview season preview podcast, um, the Rays are just really good, really talented young team. It's no surprise that they, especially with all the injuries that the Yankees had, it's no surprise that the Rays were able to um, edge out um, and win the division. On top of just having a really good talent offensive team, their fucking starting rotation is just really top-heavy. Um, they have two of the best, I don't know, 10 pitchers in in the league. Maybe maybe just the American League, but definitely the league. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I think this is a – I think this goes 2-0. I just think that – I think the Rays are just too good. I, I, I'm look, happy for the Blue Jays. I, I'm no, happy for the Blue Jays. No, hell yeah. Buffalo Blue Jays. They deserve it. <laughs> Let's go drink some uh, blue uh, – what's the Canadian beer? That one drinks in Buffalo. I can't. No idea what you're talking good, about. Good. There's a very Canadian beer that's like they have the brewery in Buffalo as well. I I actually walked by it too and stuff. I can't remember the name. Anyways, yes, uh, the race. We know how good Blake Snell's been. We don't really hear a lot of talk about it because of the dominance of Shane Bieber and Giolito's no hitter and. Garrett Cole, but he's still maintaining a pretty good season. Not a Cy Young season like he had a couple years mm-hmm. ago, but he's still maintaining the, the course. Uh, Tyler Glasnow, inconsistency, inconsistency. He kind of gets hit, but when he's on, again, one of the most talented yeah, pitchers. Yeah, such good if there's stuff. A, if there's a way the Jays can get to this rotation, and I think they could because they have a lot of pop in that super young lineup, is... Uh, Charlie Morton has not been good. No, but he's but he's season. a vet who has experience in the postseason. A lot of it. He's won a, he's won a World Series. Like he's play, he's pitching those big games. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But the thing is, if we're gonna play the the vet big game, all that stuff, and yes, he's won the World Series. He also cheated, or his team cheated when they won that World <laughs> yeah. Series. Uh, you can play that same card with the Toronto Blue Jays and Hongjin Ryu, who Hongjin Ryu has actually been pretty. Solid of a pitcher with the Blue Jays. Uh, he's been kind of the anchor for that rotation. Um, they're I don't and like the young lineup is just very appealing to me for the Blue Jays. I'm not gonna pick the Rays straight up. I, I'll tell you that straight out of the bat. I don't think the Rays. The Rays are probably the biggest contender in the American League because of how balanced they are from top to bottom. But um, I don't see this being a complete blowout of a series because of like the lineup with having Bo Bichette, Kevin Biggio, um, Teoscar Hernandez is his bat has exploded. The season has been a huge power, like threat for the blue Jays. And if we have hung Jim Rio out there, at least pitching a game and doing what he could do, he was a Cy Young finalist last year. Then they can at least make it competitive. I don't think they're going to win it, but they will be competitive. I, th- especially without Ken Giles. <laughs> I think that the East is the AL East is a, is just like what you said in the last segment, very overrated. 
um, mainly because, <laughs> and also mainly because it is at the center of this country's media storm in New York. So it's great that the Blue Jays are here. They're a young team who has a bright future, but um, I'm not I'm not hopping on this bandwagon. Um, who do you think starts game two for the Blue Jays? Robbie Ray, Tywan Walker, or Tanner Rourke? Tanner, or, Tanner Rourke, first off, come on, former Oakland great. <laughs> shout out to Tanner Rourke. Um, but Tywan Walker's actually been pretty lights yeah. out since he's gone over 1. to 1. the Blue Jays. 1.37 ERA. That's what happens when you leave Seattle, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like almost. It's kind of. It kind of sucks. Outside of like James Paxson, but you kind of see that. <laughs> uh, you figure out guys figure out who they really yeah. are. Um, it's probably gonna be Walker, but there's just there's a lot of stuff going on. I think my full on prediction. I do think the the Jays will at least pick up a game. I can see them picking up the Ryu start. But the Rays are just – there's too much going on that lineup yeah. where I think it's going to be the Rays. I also think the inexperience is going to be a big, like, like um, counterproductive, like, negative no, – that doesn't make sense. It's going to be a big negative for, for the Blue Jays. I feel like when it comes down to, like, the big moments and the late innings, like, they're just not going to show up. And it's just going to be a, a – a, a, one of those games, I think, is going to be an epic choke job. I really do. Like, we've seen it – We've seen it through the eyes of being an A's fan for years that like these young teams just like they don't know how to handle the postseason. There's just the pressure and everything. Now, granted, yeah, there's no one in the stands, so I think that helps a little bit because your nerves are a little bit more um, tamed. But like, it's a really young team going against a fucking powerhouse, and I just I'm sorry, man. I can't I can't give the Blue Jays a game. I just can't. I can't give it to them. So you're going you're going race too. Raising right. two games. All right. Next one, which is going to be a fun one. Um, the number four seed Cleveland Indians take on the number five seed New York Yankees, playing all games in Cleveland. We're going against probably the best starting rotation in all of playoffs. Um, against probably, you know, say what you will about this season, but best biggest star-studded pop power pop fucking poppity power power pop pop, uh lineup um can the yankees sluggers overcome the dirty dirty starting pitchers that the indians have in one through three i mean well yeah i mean i don't even know if we'll uh, you know it's the yankees we'll probably get to a game three but can they do it i don't i don't know julio i don't know you know, um, I I don't want to offend our dudes with uh, over at Rob Schlatter or at the the Four Train Savages. Shout podcast. out to the Four Train Savages podcast. Yeah, um, I I don't like. It sucks. It's like this Yankees team is built. This is a playoff World Series built team, dude. You're. I'm so glad you guys got this playoff <laughs> spot, and it's not us because yeah, I I don't. I don't think it's going to go three. I think it's it's the Indians. You got Shane Bieber, who Cy Young, easy. That's his. It's in his pocket already. They're already probably UPSing it to him as we speak. Uh, 
I think he's probably going to win the... I think he should win the AL MVP because of him getting the triple crown and pitching. The dude's been ungodly for this insane season that we've had. And then, okay, cool. Well, we got past him. That's the worst that we could get through. It was. Let's say if a hypothetical game one's going to be Cole Bieber. Well, Cole, you know how he's been. You've had him on your team. He's had the strikeout stuff, uh, but his ERA, he's he's settled back into it, but he was pretty shaky to start the season. We kind of predicted that was going to happen because of that adjustment to playing in Yankee Stadium. Uh, but when you get into game two, when you have Carlos Cookie Carrasco, Ooh. who's just been a huge strikeout machine this year, ERA, uh, I think he's low three-ish. What's going to be the Yankees' opposition to Carlos it? Carrasco is 2.9 ERA. Yeah, what's what's the Yankees' opposition going to be against it? Are you going to throw out Tanaka, who um, he's been fine this year, but not Cookie Carrasco fine? Are you going to throw out Jay Happ? Are you going to throw out <laughs> Jordan Montgomery? If there's, I'm sorry, it's just like there's just a huge disparity between the one and two in Cleveland and the one and two. If in New James York. Paxson was healthy, does he get the ball in game two? I still don't even think he gets it in game two. No, because even when he was healthy, he yeah, sucked. Yeah. I had him on my team. I mean, well, I don't really know what your options are. If you're the Yankees, especially playing in Yankees ballpark, like there's nothing really that like stands out. I mean, I'm trying to look it up right now. Let's see. And, and the one thing that, uh, us and Yankee fans have been very clamoring about is the bullpen. The the Yankees have invested into this bullpen. They've put so much money into uh, Adam Ottavino and Zach Brin mm. and, and Raldis Chapman. But guess what? They haven't been what they should have been this year. They're not yeah. there. And yeah. there shouldn't have Zach been a Britton's reason been where great, they... Though. Zach Britton's been great. Yeah, but it it's there haven't been what they should have been so far yeah. this year. Granted, um, when Aaron Judge missed a huge chunk of the season and Giancarlo Stanton, that's besides the point, dude. You, you, Chris, you could go out there and hit 280 and and at least 10 bombs at Yankee Stadium. It doesn't matter who it is. Yeah. Like you're there to produce. When you have their backup catcher. I can't remember his name. The guy hit like three home runs in a game a week. Yeah, or two everybody's ago. been deep throating Luke Voigt all all season because of his twenty home runs. But dude, I mean, the guy's built like a fucking truck, and he's playing in Yankee Stadium that gives you at least like twenty feet like uh, in like for your home run bomb. Like any, uh, it's, uh. Luke Voigt is built like uh, somebody we would see at the Brentwood softball field. Yes. And then we'd go to Telgators afterwards in Brentwood, and he'd be and he'd there. be uh, he'd be shooting himself up with steroids in the in the in the bathroom in between <laughs> in between shots. Um, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. I, I mean, I'm not saying he actually does that. I'm I'm painting a picture towards this fantasy that we're that we're that we're designing. <laughs> yeah. uh, Machihiro Tanaka, three point five six ERA. I mean, it's probably going to be him. Yeah, and he's 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 been pretty. Solid most of the and season. Let's, like it's, and it's, let's say, hypothetically, the Yankees get it to game three. Guess who you're playing in game three? Zach Plesak. 2.28 ERA, 4-2, <laughs> with a .8 whip. .8. Good luck. Yeah, we have Good luck, Yankees. So, um, 
we haven't even talked about the Indians' actual lineup, where uh, if Shane Bieber isn't going to win the MVP, there's a good chance that it's going to be Jose Ramirez. Say, Jose Ramirez? Yeah, 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 probably. So this is a uh, look. We've talked about this on our Twitter account. We talked about this on our show. I am not a religious person, but I am counting my blessings for the fact that the White Sox aren't the best matchup. I am counting my blessings it's not the Indians because it's it's not going to – I don't think it's going to be a pretty series. And there's going to be a lot of, lot of clamoring going on in New York when this series is over. It's very so. To be fair, their batting order is very top heavy, and then it really falls off. The rest of their team, their role players are not good. Um, no, no. But Lindor, and I guess that's the key but to then winning. Lindor, but. Hernandez, Ramirez, and Reyes, and Santana. Uh, that's brutal. That's a, that's a brutal one through five. I mean, Santana's had a little bit of a down year, but he can still hit it out of the park, even though he's getting up there. But and he can play a guitar. That's pretty cool. Um, now, do, do, do they you definitely see have a, an offense to match okay. with the Yankees, but it's not one through nine like the Yankees is. Do you see Indians benefiting from their uh, more greatness because of again that central beating up on those bottom tier teams? That's the thing. I don't know if I necessarily agree with you because I don't know how bad that those teams are. I think the 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 Pirates are pretty bad. I'll tell you straight up that. I, I somehow watched a decent check of Pirates games this year, and they're not this a good This season team. is so hard to judge what teams are, are actually good and what teams are actually bad because they only got to play the teams in their region. So, for example, we're very on, on the fence about the, the NL Central. Three teams in the NL Central made it to the playoffs. But we don't know necessarily how good the NL Central is. Are they just kind of beating up on each other and they're all not good and they didn't face any real real good teams this season? Same thing with the AL Central. It's just so up in the air. The only way the we're gonna figure out real quick which divisions were the real deal and which were fakers in the last series that we're gonna cover in this podcast. Um I'll just leave it at that because it's the AL West going against the AL Central. And yeah, we're going to find out real quick in game one who, who's 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 for real and who's not. It's just – and again, I mean, they're, they're only playing three those three of those teams. So and, – and how many t- games did you play against, like, your non-division this season? Like six to eight? Um I, you know, like the the Indians played, and the Royals are in their division. They probably played the Royals eight to ten. Like that's not. I don't know if that's enough of a sample size to really like be like, yeah, they're beating up on them, so they got all these wins against them. You know, like it's just, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm not articulating this very well, but I just, I just feel like there's no. I, 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 just, I don't know. I don't know how to judge it. I really don't. Well, it's your time to actually judge it. I have the Indians in two. No, I, I think just Bieber's just two lights out. Carrasco is the top heaviness of Carrasco against a Tanaka or anybody else. They Yankees can throw out as there too. I don't think because we're playing in Yankee Stadium. I gotta go with the Yankees in three. No, it's in Cleveland. I thought the Yankees were the were the five. Seed. Right, no. Oh yeah, duh. I said at the top of the thing. That's a changer a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Luke Voigt's not gonna be able to hit five home runs in Yankee Stadium. 
All right, I'm gonna take Cleveland in, in three then. That, that 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 does change a lot. It does change a lot because like guys like Gary Sanchez, who literally all they do is hit home runs, and it's mainly because they play in Yankee Stadium. They're not gonna look as good in the Indians ballpark. That's right, Gary Sanchez. What is he, Chris? I don't know. What is he? Uh, I was thought you're gonna you you've been on the Gary Sanchez overrated train oh, for a long yeah, time. Oh yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's ready for you to be like overrated. overrated. Sorry. There we go. All right. Now, the next series, before we jump into the reason why you're all here with the A's, is we're going to talk about uh, our most hated team, the Astros. The Astros are going to be the road team as the six seed going against the three seed Minnesota, Minnesota Twins. Minnesota. Over, well, the reason I was saying Minnesota is because I was going to say Minnesota and Target Field. Um, the Twins, we know to expect in terms of their offense is they're going to hit the shit mm. out of the ball with the lineup of the ageless Nelson Cruz, Miguel Sano, uh, Josh Donaldson. I know he was a little beat up. I have to check if he's going to be able to play in this series. From what I've heard, he is. He's um, expected to play. Got it. Uh, Eddie Rosario decided to catch fire towards the end of the season. The Twins, again, we know what they did last year. They I, were, I think they believe they set the major league record for the most home runs in a season until the Yankees broke it. And the Yankees also broke their season, eliminated them in the first round and their rotation has finally kind of caught up to pace. Kenta Maeda getting coming over from LA has been dominant. He's been awesome this year. He's going to probably be like a top three, top five Cy Young finals. But again, there's a guy in Cleveland that'll win it. Uh, once you get past that though, it's going to be a little shaky. Um, you have Jose Barrios, who's been a little bit all over the place after having a pretty solid couple last years. And then it's going to get more shakier with guys like Rich Hill or Homer Bailey to finish out that rotation. And then what else can we say about the Astros? We, you've, you've all heard us talk about them so much throughout the season. You've all probably watched them so much because of what we've seen at that rotation. Um, Anything you want to add more for the Astros that could really benefit with them? Obviously, the the playoff experience helps, but they've got a fringe forty year old man starting their first game of their playoff series, and then after that, I don't even know who the fuck starts there for them. Um, Jose Altuve hit two twelve this season. I don't give a shit what you say about batting average. That is proof that he was just heavy reliant on cheating to be successful. Actually, you know what? My my uh, my uncle tweeted me some very interesting little things today um, about the Astros. Um, it's gonna take me a while to find them, so never mind. But oh, go ahead and find it. I'll talk a little bit more about the okay. Astros because it seems like that's gonna be pretty solid. Um, yeah, it, it, their team's starting to get a little bit healthy offensively wise. Bregman will be there. Springer will be there. Altuve will bring there. But uh, Brantley and Reddick are former Oakland and great, but we don't really acknowledge him anymore. Besides the point, they're not cheating anymore. And it showed this is they finished under 500, actually. They finished 29 and, and or below 500. I don't know what the exact record is. Um, but yeah, this is not your, not your father's Astros, to coin the phrase. So this is how much cheating was important to them. Yes, small sample size. Whatever. Jose Altuve, sorry, he didn't hit 212, he hit 215. Yuli Gurriel, Ooh. 240. George Springer, 
258. Alex Bregman, a man who a lot of us were like, nah, he's too talented. He didn't need cheating. He's just a good baseball player. 240. Carlos Correa, 257. Josh Reddick, 238. That was their averages this season. Compared to last year, they all danced around 275 and up. You don't say. So. Wow. Yeah, I mean, they're going to get smoked. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they suck. It's going to be it's beautiful. It's pretty simple. They suck. The Twins are really good. I mean, it's. If they were to stand it. a chance, oh, hold on, what would what would what would need? Let me okay, let me just. I want to add some stats that I that are very interesting about the Twins. You didn't even bring up Nelson Cruz, sixteen home runs. No, I did. I brought up the kid. I said the ageless Nelson oh. Cruz. I didn't go to the stats part, Oops. but I brought him up. You said Eddie Rosario, thirteen home runs, two fifty. Jorge Polanco, two fifty eight. Byron Buxton, big bounce back season. Boom. Yep. Two fifty four. Thirteen home runs. I mean, they're like the Yankees. They're stacked from one to nine. Like, even their role guys are good. Like. Marwin Gonzalez? Eh, maybe not so much. Anyway. Um I mean they're just they're just fucking good. They're just fucking good. And yeah. um And it I think I think uh Kenta Maeda wants some blood after that seventeen yeah, World Series. And he's where been he killing it. Six and one, so. two point seven ERA, like Yeah, he's been shit. awesome. I'm I'm happy for him. Yeah. It's yeah, it's totally. he's it kinda sucks for the Dodgers because like damn, they could have used him as yeah. a three, but yeah. here we are. Um, uh, what's your prediction? Oh, I th- I think it I think it's the Twins sweep. Uh, I mean, it's yeah. I. What what are we even talking about? <laughs> like, I yeah. mean, it, the Astros are so bad. They've been exposed. I love that they suck. I don't know who pitches the game two for them. Um, Flamber Flores or whatever. yeah, I I think that the Twins are like. I mean, we were talking about it. We were texting about it all week about like who we wanted to be our matchup. If. For some reason, we were get to get the two seed, which unfortunately we did. I don't think it's any um, secret. Me and Julio talked about it last podcast. We were very open about how we wanted to be the three seed so we could match up against the shitty Astros, which I think are the worst team in the American League playoff side. Um, we were like, I just hope it's not the Twins. It could, like White Sox, maybe I could deal with uh, the uh, what was the other central team? Uh, the 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 Indian or yeah, the Indians. They would suck. But the Twins, they're just hitting so well. Like that would definitely be the most fearful. Um, yeah, I don't think it's close. I think it's, I think it's blowout for, for game one and two. Oh no, you meant well. I would want to see the Indians. Either actually, either team. I don't want to see so either of them. But out. but but uh, the Twins kind of like they're just like their star power that they have on the offensive side would have been very scary. Um, all right, so let's go. What was your what was your pick? Oh, I'm t- I'm t- I'm with you. The Twins in two. Just yeah, their yeah. uh, uh I think it's just going to be lights out. And they need, if the, whoever's going to pitch the second day for the Twins, yeah. that offense is going to pick up for them. So It's the moment everybody's been waiting for, though. That's what you've been oh. hanging out with us for. We-, we got A's hosting the Chicago White Sox. Wasn't the matchup we exactly wanted, Julio, but uh, it's what we got. And um, we're going to have to deal with it. Uh, one step at a time, I guess. Um yeah. Playing both games in Oakland, thank God. Pitcher's ballpark. Um, we haven't heard exactly yet. We'll probably hear tomorrow at a press conference that Bob Melvin's having, but I would assume based on the the time in which 
these pitchers pitched this past week. It'll be Lazardo game one, and then Bassett game two, and then if if there's a game three, Manaya game three because Lazardo came in an appearance in on uh, on. Um, Thursday, Thursday night, night against the Dodgers. And then Bassett started Friday night, and then Manaya came in in an appearance in a game on Saturday. So that's kind of what we're predicting. Um, White Sox team that we've been talking a lot about, um, me and Julio and my buddy Adris talked about it in my personal podcast, The Magic Hour, um, in a betting ep- episode podcast about the White Sox and how we thought that they were a good futures um bet for the world series because they had really high odds um and they're a really talented young team that they've just been stacking talent for the past five years through trades and it's finally come up um they are scary they are scary but um if we can if bob melvin can in my opinion arrange the batting order to where the hot guys are hitting the hot guys meaning Canna, uh, Grossman, Murphy, Piscotti, um, and, and Lastella. If those guys are hitting at the top of the lineup when runners are on, we can be successful. But when you put Matt Olson, who has been as cold as can be, hitting fourth, and every time he comes to the bat, there's two guys on and he strikes out, it's counterproductive. Um. If if I, if I look at the lineup on on Tuesday and I see Matt Olson hitting fourth behind Lastella, Loriano, and like let's say Canna, I'm gonna be fucking pissed because I know that those or, or Grossman, I know that those guys are gonna get on and I know that he's gonna strike out or fly out. I'm gonna be I am gonna be fucking pissed. You're very much uh, Billy Bean conflicting with Art Howe about um, Carlos Pena and Scott Hatterberg yes. right now. Yes. You ready to hear some numbers? Yeah, Julio. So let's do a, a stat attack. This is a this is stat a new segment that we're calling <laughs> stat attack. It's when Julio looks up a bunch of stats and he fires them at us really quick with a bunch of numbers and a bunch of stats that'll paint us a picture before we get deeper into the analysis of this matchup as a whole. So, Julio. Start firing them off. Attack time. All right. First off, game one and two on Tuesday and Wednesday are both 12 p.m. games, which, if you don't know, that's during the day, the day, and it's going to be a day game. Home day game record for the A's, 11 and 6. They have a 647 win percentage. That's really mm-hmm. good. That's fantastic. We love to hear that. Uh, the run differential is they've scored 79 runs, allowed 67 runs. Um, I'm assuming that last series against the Giants, when the Giants picked up 12 runs that Saturday game or Sunday game, didn't help this. But I don't think that's something too much to mellow about. Chris Bassett, our projected probably game one game starter, starter, our hero, or he will be. Oh, I'm sorry, game two. Actually, let me go back with his yeah, yeah. starter then. Our game one probably. starter, our our rookie of the year. Uh, he's had two two day game starts: one against the Astros, one against the Giants. Uh, he lasted 11.2 innings combined. And this is all combined numbers, mm-hmm. by the way. Uh, 11 innings are... Here we go. 11.2 innings, 12 strikeouts, two walks, two in runs. He was 2-0 in those starts. Or the A's were 2-0 in those starts. Great signs. 
bigger numbers, the last three starts, Lazardo has pitched combined 17.2 innings, six earned runs, 21 strikeouts. He's given up one walk, and these are two and one in that game. This okay. does not include the Dodgers relief appearance. This is just the okay. starts. Good sign. Bassett, probable game. Six two earned start. runs is a little bit concerning, but it's it's a over three starts yeah, yeah. still two runs yeah. a start. But I believe there was a game where he kind of shit the bed a little bit. I have to, I don't have the exact name okay. in front of me. Bassett, game two projected starter. He's had two day game starts against the Angels. Uh, innings are nine point two innings because uh, his first start against the Angels, he only went four. I think this is before we realized what he could have been mm-hmm. kind of thing and didn't really give him the leverage for it. Uh, 11 strikeouts, three walks, two earned runs, and the A's are one and one in his Two runs. earned now, runs? Oh, here, oh, oh, no, Chris, I haven't, I haven't finished. Get ready. Last three starts, 19.2 innings, one what earned run, fuck? Five, five walks, 21 strikeouts. <laughs> the A's are 3-0 in his last three starts. So that's your key to winning. Now, I got some stuff notes on the White Sox. I didn't bring up specific. I don't want to get too specific with the offensive stuff with both teams because I think we know so much about the A's. We can riff about it. And with the White Sox, I'll just give you this line. They score a shit ton, but they strike out a shit ton and they walk very little. So that's a very big thing. They're not afraid to swing at anything. So when you have two guys like Bassett and Lazardo who can rack up 10 plus K's in a start, don't be afraid to just throw your junk in the ba- dirt. See Based what they on can those take stats you just threw out, I mean, Lazardo and Bassett haven't been walking that many guys. Yeah. And if you have a team who's is so excited to hit the shit out of the ball, there you go. But there's a downside. Mm-hmm. And I think this will affect us if we make it to game three. Um, the White Sox are 20-0 and 0 against lefties this year. But here's the thing. So I brought this Start. up when, when you told me that I brought this up in our group chat. I looked up st- like premier starters in the American League Central. Ten lefties. One of them, one of the top ten are lefties. And the one is Tyler Boyd, uh, who plays for the Detroit Tigers. So I'm just saying, like, he could be slinging it one day. But because it's the Tigers, they score one run. So all you got to do is score two runs. So those that stat is very general, and it could be a little flawed. They have they have let's just say they have not seen two lefties like Lazardo and Manaya in the entire season. So that's going to be a little bit of a shocker for them, I think. Okay, actually, I didn't think about that. You kind of changed my mind a little bit from what I was thinking. If we got mm-hmm. to that point, uh, they've played seven road day games and they are three and four in those in those games and their run scored so they've actually outscored their opponents during that time so it's 34 runs they've allowed 27 Mm -hmm. runs so what that tells you is the games that they did one they won by a lot our projected game one game two starters is going to be lucas giolito game one we don't really need to say much about him the guy won uh, through a perfect game. He was a all-star last year. He was a Cy Young finalist. Uh, but how's he been on the road? He's pitched three games on the road. A uh, road day game starts mm-hmm. 18 innings, five walks, 26 strikeouts, two earned runs. The White Sox are two and one 
in those games. They have two wins against, uh, or two wins against those games. His last three starts, though, uh, he's pitched 17.2 innings, eight earned runs, 22 strikeouts, 10 eight walks. Eight runs, that's a lot. The so- yeah. Uh, the, 10 walks? So that's, uh, yeah, so that's a little, it's not a lot, but for him, that's a little less than three runs a but game. But for a team like the, the A's who have guys who are very patient, like Mark Canna and Stephen Piscotti, that, that walk a lot, like that's good for us. Absolutely. Big time. But the A's, or the Sox went one and two in his last three starts. Dallas Keuchel, our old friend from Houston, the cheater team. Uh, his road starts, he's pitched two games, 11 innings total, two walks, five strikeouts, one and run. Uh, the White Sox are one and one in both games. In the last three starts, he's pitched 15 innings, one and run, 12 strikeouts, five walks. The White Sox are two and one. So 15 innings, the longevity is not there. If there will be a game three starter, it would be either uh, Dylan Cease or Dane Dunning. Who are, Dane Dunning's pretty solid as a rookie, but again, uh, it's the rookie who's been pretty inconsistent. Same thing with Dane Dun- uh, Dylan mm-hmm. Cease. But if you're going to – I was thinking – I think now that you brought up that point again about who their lefties they faced in that division are, I was kind of steering away from the Manaya and throwing in fires instead for the game three, if it gets there. But you've kind of convinced me more. That's just of that's just of the top tier pitchers in the American League Central. I didn't look at the yeah. National League Central, but in the American League Central. Of the top 10 pitchers, there's only one that's a lefty, and that was Tyler Boyd, who, again, plays for like probably the shittiest team in the league. So, no, not much run support there. Um, yeah. Uh, again, like those, those stats are very – I mean, that's a very general stat, so you don't really see things like that. Um, I Yeah, I, I would – I mean, I, I, we could look up the, the NL Central – top tier pitchers to see like what um what uh um what lefties top tier lefties they've they've faced on that end but um none really stood out to me when i was looking personally um yeah because what Bowers is a righty corbin burns is right at righty as well i think yeah let's see I mean, right, we'll Aaron get, well, Nola. Oh no, he's East. What the hell? Yeah. He's in the East. Yeah, I mean, like I'm just, I'm not seeing it, man. Uh, they, they, these will be the two best lefties that they've seen. John Lester, <laughs> who doesn't have a pickoff move? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. these will be the two best lefties that they've seen all season. So that's, just, I mean, that's just that's a game changer right there. I think. I, I, I already yeah, kind of said my keys to the game. It's the timely hitting and placing people in the in the order. In the right spots, we haven't been doing that. We gotta start doing that. And starts at the top. I think, yeah. My biggest keys for the A's that won the series, um, patience, patience, yeah. patience, patience. We've seen in these last few starts from the numbers I've just read off, uh, Keuchel and Giolito can be inconsistent. And the A's have actually, yes, we talked about they're not a great average team, but they're still a pretty good on-base percentage team because they walk. They're right there in the American League top five and when it comes to just getting on base through walks. So don't be afraid to play some small ball against this team despite the gigantous bats they have with 
Jose Obreu and Edwin Encarnacion, Tim Anderson, Yohan Makata, Luis Rupp. They have all these stars over there. And don't get distracted by that because they haven't faced really a lefties, like Chris has said, that we've faced. And they strike out a lot. Lazard, and thankfully, these one, two guys are about to throw out there. We'll get guys out. They will get them by, by the strike. So don't be afraid to throw something in the dirt, something a little bit high because the odds are outside of Tim Anderson, who I think batted like 250-something in the season, they're going to chase it. So don't be afraid to throw it out there and see what they chase at. This is going to be a lot of guys in their lineup's first-ever playoff game, too. Um, We've been there. At this point, two wildcard games in, we've been there. We've seen it. We, We should be able to handle it. And, you know, some other guys on the team even more. Piscotti's seen, you know... Who knows how many playoff games? I can't. I mean, I'll top my head. Tom, Tommy Listella won a World Series. Yeah, Tommy Listella. I mean, it. Well, what would be your ideal based on the based on the walking stats that you just showed me um, about how often their pitchers walk? What would your be ideal like? Because it's kind of changed my mind a little bit. What would be your your ideal one through five batting order? Pablo Estella lead off. Simeon two. Three, three probably Grossman, four would be Canna, and then five Olson. See, for me, it would be Marcus one. I think Marcus has been. I think leadoff is where he's comfortable, even though the numbers don't show it this season. But like he's been our leadoff hitter for five years, so like I would re- I would feel more comfortable with him up there. La Stella too, because I think he's probably our most patient hitter. So him with runner a runner on, I think is a success is a um a recipe for success. Piscotti three, Canna four. Um and then I think I would go Yeah, I mean I guess Olsen five just because of the power and then Loriano six, but I want I want Piscotti's like the veteran who I think can handle big moments like that. So I'd rather have him at that three hole with with runners on personally. Um and then let Canna, who's been the most patient hitter, go four um and see what he can do with that spot. Um Yeah, I don't know. I I'm confident though. I'm pretty confident. I think go ahead. I was gonna say, do you feel more confident than you were at the start of the day, when you first learned, yes. At, but after the stat attack, I feel a lot more confident. My, my job's been done. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna say A's in three, just to give the White Sox their modest due because they did play really well this year. But um, yeah, if they start striking out a lot, then I feel a lot better. Um. And we gotta score early too. If we can get runs on the board early, that they'll they'll get some confidence and whatnot, and they'll feed off of that. What do you got? We're in the same boat. I'm going A's and three. Um, I think they. I wouldn't be shocked if again, that lefty stat is something that it, again we probably shouldn't look too much into it because you're all right. They haven't played too yeah. much good starting pitching, um, but it's something you probably shouldn't ignore because that's pretty interesting stat overall. Mm. And uh, I think we're probably going to have to rely on the guy that kind of really lit it up today with Frankie Montas and striking out 10 in relief for the A's. Yeah. 
against the Mariners. So I think he's, I can see him playing a big factor if either game one or game three kind of goes a little askew, have him come in and kind of clean it up for them. Or maybe, oh, Mike Miner's also lefty, so that wouldn't help. But that's also what we wanted last year or last week when we talked about, like, this could be somebody who could clean up if we need him to. See, the bullpen's one thing I'm not worried about. So if we get a lead early and we we have a lead going into, like, the fifth and sixth, I'm not worried because our bullpen's just been so fucking lights out. And the stat that I shared with you earlier this week, that actually kind of backfired. Every time Liam Hendricks pitches in a game, the A's are 22-1. and So this season, so like as long as we can get him into the game, I have confidence. But like, if we just got to get to the fifth or sixth, and then you know we get Petit out there, and then we get Deekman out there, or Soria out there, or Wendelkin out there, and I, I just feel confident. I feel confident with that. It's it, and I I feel confident with the starters because they're all pretty, except for Lazardo. He's kind of like dipping down a little bit, but they're all really hot going into the playoffs. Um. At least the three that we think are probable. It's it's just the fucking hitting the offense that worries me because it's not been timely lately, and we keep stranding guys. And I can't say it enough. I've said it like fucking twenty times in the past ten minutes. But it's just it's something that's really bothering me. It's really bothering me. Now, there's gonna be a couple names you should probably keep an eye out for. Yeah. When the bullpen eventually comes in, one is Alex Colom. Uh, Alex Colom. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's veteran in the league. He's been around for a while. He had played with the Mariners, the Rays, and he's been with the White Sox the last couple of years. He's been pretty lights out as a closer. Uh, he's got a point one or eight one ERA. Uh, it's twelve saves. So, if the game gets into his hands, we could be in trouble. Another name uh, that we should probably keep an eye out on is actually a rookie who just made it in time for their uh, making it to the playoff roster by the name of Garrett Crochet. Now, he's only pitched in five games, six innings, but he's accumulated eight strikeouts. He hasn't given up a run yet, and he's got a .500 whip. A um, couple names to keep up for, but the rest of the bullpen is pretty – well, comparing it to the A's bullpen is pretty pedestrian. But if there's going to be a way for the White Sox to really hold stuff down, it's going to be through those two guys in the back of the pen. I mean, Cody Hewer looks pretty good on paper, too. And then um, Evan Marshall. But, yeah, I mean, I, I again, I'm I'm just so confident. I'm really confident with our with our um, with our bullpen that I if if we have a lead going, you know, going in with the bullpen, I'm, I'm pretty I'm I'm not too worried about it, you know. Hendricks, one point seven year array, Wendelkin, one point eight, yeah. Soria, two point eight. one point six, Trevino, three point eight, Deekman, point four two. Weems, yeah. It's point four two. They've, they've I didn't been, know it was that low. Holy shit. Deekman's he's the Deekman. Yeah. All right, folks. That is gonna do it probably. For this Town Tailgate podcast, unless you have any last remarks, Julio. Yeah, both games are on at 12. You're going to be on ESPN, by the way, as well. So find a way to get out of whatever you're doing and watch those games. That was a a little subtle rub in my face because I'm going to be on set working both days. I never think about it. He asked for me to watch the game. I'll probably have to be listening in my AirPod 
on my phone the entire day. You got to do what you got to do. But honestly, yeah, I, I think after us talking about it, I feel better. Yeah, definitely. The, st- the stat attack, the stat attack worked on me for sure. I hope it, I hope it worked on the listeners and I hope it works on the A's. Uh, that'll do it for this episode, special episode of the town tailgate podcast. That was the playoff preview. Look out for the playoffs again. Uh, day two, Wednesday, September 30th is going to be probably the greatest day in the history of major league baseball because there's going to be eight playoff games on they, there will be multiple simultaneous, simultaneous games going on, which is going to be a lot of fun. Um, but the playoffs start on Tuesday, wild card round, September 29th. They go till Friday, October 2nd. And then the uh, divisional round is expected to start on uh, Monday, the 5th. So look out for that. So um, we haven't really discussed this yet, but we won't be doing a Wednesday episode, my assumption, correct? Yes. Uh, if we When we do record our next episode, win or lose, we'll probably be like next sunday again so let's we'll sunday or friday or friday night we'll we'll see yeah 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 Yeah. we'll We'll, we'll tweet it out we'll tweet it out we'll tweet it out yeah and and if you're somebody in our family we'll text you yeah that too um all right so uh let's pack up this gear and let's head into our playoff game um that we're not allowed to go to aka we'll walk over to our living room and watch the game Thank you for listening. And last but not least, Julio. Let's go, Oakland. Peace. The Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by this guy, Chris Madrigal, and my partner in crime, Julio Reynoso. It is sound mixed and edited by yours truly. Social media management and marketing is run by, once again, my partner, Julio Reynoso. And a special thanks and shout out to my brother, Larry Madrigal, for composing and producing our theme song, as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please tune in next week. Please subscribe. And last but not least, as we always say, let's go Oakland.